0: Bonus episodes release the first of every month featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those who keep our dance community alive. If you're ready to spend a little time getting a little better each day, let's dance in. Should I play Space Jam? I feel like I should give you an intro yeah. of Space Jam. <laughs> Hey, hey, go, Numa. Go, Numa. So Hey, all right, all right. <laughs> this is Dance Tips Daily, and this is our bonus episode, the second one of our whole series. And I'm so happy to bring on one of my very best and very talented, obviously. Friends, Melanie Nemerguth, not only has she danced professionally with the St. Louis Rams before L.A. stole them... (laughs) that's where I am currently so no shade Uh, (laughs) but also the Arizona Cardinals and she has a dance minor from Southeast Missouri State University and she's still teaching the younger generation of movers and shakers the dance technique so we're so happy to have her and all of her expertise on the show today thanks for joining us Melanie. Thanks
1: for having me Bert. I'm
0: so excited. (laughs) If you, if any listeners ever hear us refer to each other as Numa or Bert, these are our um, nicknames that we gained from college dance team when we were on together. So if we ever break character of the professionalism of Danny or Melanie, this
1: is. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Already.
0: Right. This is like what we've been friends since 2009. So there's like Ten years of eleven years, yeah, we have Crazy. history, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so with that being said, for our listeners who don't have the pleasure of knowing you as well as I do, can you share a little bit more about yourself and within dance from the beginning to the end or whatever you want to share?
1: Yeah, so. In the beginning, um, my mom would find me dancing all the time, doing the splits everywhere. So she just decided to throw me in some dance classes. And I, of course, fell in love, um, did studio dance uh, until high school was over. Um, I did some cheer in high school as well. And then went to SIMO did the dance team with you and dance minor as well. So that was super um, fun and very busy as you know um, and then I joined the arrived dance um, company which is with my studio owner I did that for a little bit actually did some um, dancing for the ambush the U.S. shows. I showed <laughs> up to a few of those performances yeah yeah <laughs> it was just a little side gig kind of fun getting some you know more dance experience and then yeah I finally made the rams I tried out one season didn't make it Um, I asked for feedback, and they were like, just come back again. Next time I came back, made the team, and it forever changed my life. I fell in love with it, and I couldn't stop. So I picked Arizona, and I did Arizona Cardinals for four years. So super fun. Yay. Okay. Okay. So there's
0: so much to unpack there and not like I didn't know all of that already, but for (laughs) people who didn't, I'm just going to break it down a little bit. I want to start back from the beginning. So how old were you when you took your first dance class? And just for our younger listeners... Because it seems like dance studio world, I mean, as it should, it should continue to evolve and grow. But dance studio world is vastly different now than what it was in the 90s when we were growing up and um, what we were used to as local studios and teachers and communities. So what was that studio life like for you? And what do you think the pros and cons of it were compared to today?
1: Yeah. So I started when I was four. Um, The first thing I can remember is the studio had cement floors. So we were dancing on like (laughs) slippery, hard floor. But if you fell, it hurt real bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm like super proud of my, the owner back then, she like started the studio in her basement and like just had moved into that place. So it was brand new. I think she was She was like in her, like probably like 25 when she started it. So it's really awesome looking at it now where I'm like 30 and I'm like, I can't even imagine, but, um, Sorry um, to interrupt really quick. Where was that
0: studio at? Dance plus
1: in Florissant. And what was this, uh, owner's name? Is she still in business? Her name was Patty King. She was the owner until I was like a sophomore in high school. And then Jamel, um, Jacobs took it over and she's been amazing ever since um, we're really close still. So, yeah.
0: Nice. Okay. And sorry, continue on with what you were saying.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. I think the difference back then was um, parents weren't really involved as much. If I can remember correctly, my mom dropped me off and gave me the check of tuition and left and now all the parents have windows and they can watch all the kids their whole entire class they can film them they can wave at them. <laughs> I never had that so I feel like we didn't have those distractions and I just like now I see them teaching I see it a lot um but and and now they're, I feel like the kids nowadays are way more talented than they were back then, but um, yeah, that's what comes to mind.
0: (laughs) So the distraction factor when it is within dance classes, what do you think that does to their growth? Like, I mean, it's something that they need to get used to, right? Like it, in yeah. terms of social media, we're always putting ourselves on a platform. And so I'm sure the parents want to take video because they're like, look at my daughter go. Da, 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 da. And also, do you experience this within your own studio that you teach at now that parents are like super involved and what are the challenges with that when you're trying to teach and get a lesson across? But also you want the parents to feel like they're involved in the process, right? And it's great that they're right. celebrating their kids kid, but also you're the expert in dance. So yeah. what would you say to those kind of scenarios nowadays?
1: Yeah, so I mean I think it's awesome that they can see the kids dance and be a part of that. I think, you know, it's definitely a distraction to the younger ones who are trying to you know, you know, be their best or show off to mom and dad the whole time when I'm trying to keep their attention. Um, but I mean I, I think the parents want the most is for me to talk to them after the class. So I open the door and, you know, say hello, tell them how they're doing. And they always like to ask me how they're doing. So um, good feedback is, is appreciated on their end, of course. Um, but it's fun, it's fine. But with COVID now, we don't allow anyone else in the studio. So it's been, it's been better. The distractions have been very minimal (laughs) the last few weeks, so it's been good.
0: Right. I know a lot of times people just want feedback, um, even when it comes to, like, your job. You want to know if you're doing a good job. So do you, like, do you think that the parents seek out information from you, like, a report card every time their kid leaves the class?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, um, the last parent I talked to, I told her, you know, she's doing really well. She picks up really quickly. She just likes to talk a lot, which leaves me less time to talk. And she goes, oh, we will be working on that at home. So it's like what par- the parents who really want their kids to do well, you know, they're going to take it home and try and implement in their everyday life at home. So Totally. Mm-hmm. I think that what I do appreciate
0: about our generation, though, is that there was this um, there was like this separation, there was an idea of independence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so um, I feel like if I had my mom and dad, and I mean, of course, they, they raised me, they supported me, they were like, very, very good at being a support system and making sure that like, I wasn't doing anything super wrong. But they also gave me the, the freedom to, like, find out a little bit about myself, right? Yeah. So do you notice, like, do you have any students that maybe their parents aren't as involved? And what is the difference between those students and the, the students who have parents who are super, like, this is what we're doing, this is what we're working towards, and, like, take your word as if it's, like, gospel, you know?
1: Right. Um. I mean, I'd say some of the kids who – pre-COVID, would have parents that were hanging out. Uh They didn't even know their class schedule. So they'd pop out of class and be like, mom, where am I going next? And mom, can I have a snack? And they're always relying on, you know, their parent standing outside watching. Uh Um, The girls who I noticed didn't have parents, you know, ran out of the room. They knew they had to be at their next class in a minute. So they better get there as soon as they can. Um, And they were the ones who, I mean, I'm sure they all want to be there, but they, they like put, you know, a lot of effort towards it. And I think, like you said, like us being a little bit more independent being dropped off, like that was instilled in us. We had to figure it out on our own anyways. So. Totally. Having a sense of
0: ownership is huge. Like I think that's a timeless thing, no matter what generation it is. Um I know it's hard, especially, um, as a family studies background, um, I definitely understand the idea of parenting and what we see on the news now. It's terrifying in a lot of ways, so you want to be there for your kid, but um I don't know if you've experienced this too, but a lot of times I've been, like, I've taken so much time outside of class to either write emails or talk to on the phone or text to parents, being like, I understand your concerns. Like, basically, just validating and like coaching them, like, you're doing a great job as a parent, and I appreciate you reaching out. But like your critiquing of me and my expertise is just a little overkill. And I would never, I never say like overkill in the exact conversation. I definitely keep it very kosher, but, um, I just, I have to gently remind that dude, I've been doing this since I was three years old. I've been through a variety of teachers and experiences And not only that, like, I have a human development background, so I know what is good for kids at this age, and then you're still telling me how to do my job. It's, Mm -hmm. like, it's pretty tricky to bite your tongue in those situations.
1: For sure. Just smile, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's our cheerleader girl. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, though, like, if that's one thing dance has taught us is to smile even through the discomfort so yeah for sure with yeah. that being said I'm cheerleading so moving on to the next stage of your life um so when you started to do
1: cheerleading in high school or did you do it in junior high as well yeah I did it for a couple years um in junior high that was more just it was fun it was all yeah. my best friends you know catholic catholic uh, grade school right. for cute boys <laughs> So that's what I was going to say. So Catholic schools
0: are usually smaller than the public ones. So the spirit squads sometimes either don't exist, don't have funding, or if they do it's like a smaller situation, did you have a dance team within the Catholic school or was it just only cheer?
1: No, it was just cheer. There was probably like 12, 15 of us um, and my best friend's mom ran it and yeah, it was super fun. We all did it because we liked hanging out together, so it wasn't a big deal. It's kind of funny to look back and see, like, the girls who did it because now it's like they just kind of shake their head, and they can't believe they did cheer when they were in grade <laughs> school. <laughs> like, they're just not the girly girl, you know? It's kind of funny.
0: I love that, though, but, I mean, there's something to be said for it. It's kind of like it's Girl Scouts in a way, right? Yeah. Like you guys did outside activities, like you bonded together, and ultimately, like, you tried to instill a sense of, oops, my little Amazon lights, (laughs) instill a sense of community,
1: correct? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then I just crashed into the wine bottles underneath. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, I propped this up on my mobile bar cart. Um, Oh, okay. I know, right? You look like you're in a
1: hotel right now.
0: Oh, really? That's such a compliment. So nice. This is this is our decorations, all compliments of Kai. He's our
1: interior decorator. Really? Interesting. <laughs> oh, no. You know. I was <laughs> like, yellow flowers that match her yellow shirt. Probably not.
0: <laughs> oh, no. That actually wasn't planned. I usually just always buy flowers, but I try to, um, every time I record, I mean, I've only done it twice with you and Chance, but every time I record, I try to have the DTD branding there. So either use <laughs> <it's> you, <laughs> we both have flowers. <laughs> They're big. Oh, that looks nice, looks good. Thank you. Um, you should have seen it the other day.
1: It was messy. <laughs>
0: um, Wait, are you up
1: on like the third floor or something, like really high?
0: We're not really high. We're only on the second floor, but enough to hear people above us. And yeah. when we first moved in, I definitely have taught and like practiced lesson plans. And our neighbor wasn't so thrilled about that. Got a yeah. nice little knock on our door.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I know. I brought him chocolate. And since then, haven't heard anything. You know, <laughs> a little honey goes a long way.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, okay. So cheerleading. And within the cheer, would you guys do like, what was your cheerleading life like then? Would you incorporate choreographic like phrases or was it all straight like three, eight counts of five, six, seven,
1: eight, you know? Um, every Like 99% of everything we did was a chant with like some cute little moves. And all of our claps were like this pointy fingers. So it's kind of funny, but we all only did like soccer and basketball games for the guys. So (laughs) I don't think back then they really cared to, you know, ask us if we wanted music. So we just cheered all the time. Um, But we competed once to um, Backstreet Boys. Yes. So that had music. But yeah, majority was just little chants.
0: Nice. And when you competed, were stunts involved, or was it mainly just cheers and like
1: formation changes? Um, we probably went up to a prep. It uh-huh. was probably the highest we went up, but yeah, a lot of lot of thigh stands.
0: Nice. And what were the uniforms like? This is one of my favorites.
1: Oh, they are so cute. They were pleated. <laughs> oh my gosh. I honestly, I've loved every uniform I've ever worn, but um. Gr- like all green pretty much but then they were pleated and then like in the pleats it was yellow and white and then the top was like a shell you know it had S-A-M for St. Angela Marisi <laughs> and it was green and yellow and white and we had jackets that had our name on it oh I loved it I still have my jacket
0: <laughs> do you re- wh- I mean knowing you I know you would keep that memorabilia <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that is amazing Okay. And, um, do you remember your coach?
1: Yeah. So like I said, it was my best friend's mom. So I want to say like the eighth graders, girls that left, like made sure taught us all the chance and made sure we knew them before they left. So like the, her mom didn't really do much. They were just like a moderator. I'm not, I can't even really remember like who really led it. We just like made up stuff and did it.
0: That's amazing. And <laughs> would you practice often and where would you practice and what kind of shoes were involved?
1: <laughs> um, I remember a lot of practices on this side of the gym, like outside. Um in the grass like where the boys played soccer. Mm-hmm. Um and then like practices at people's houses like in the backyard. Nice.
0: And so for the girl sports, no one like there was no spirit squad for the girl sports.
1: Well, we didn't have one because all of the girls played the sports. So like I was in soccer and so was the all the rest of us. We all played soccer and then like everyone played basketball but me. (laughs) Everyone played volleyball. Most of the team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So everyone was in the sports. So if you tried to cheer, you'd have like one person left, maybe. So, yeah. You know what? Y'all should have
0: rallied for the guys to make a cheerleading team once their season was off. Like, (laughs) make them wear the little pleats with the yellow on the inside.
1: (laughs) They probably would have, honestly.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So then moving on to college. Did you know you wanted to go to SEMO like hands down or did you audition for any other teams or like, were you in love with any other teams or aspiring towards, or this was what you wanted?
1: Um, thinking about college, all I knew is that I wanted to dance on a dance team and dance in a program. Mm -hmm. So I only, I like cut all the other colleges out. Um, SIUE was 20 minutes away from the house. So I went there first Um, And found out that they didn't have a football team. And that really turned me off. And I was (laughs) like, oh my gosh, football's great. You can't not have football. So, you know, the dancers obviously wouldn't be able to dance for a football game. Um, So I literally looked at SEMO and they had both and that's where I chose.
0: Nice. That's so ironic that you said SIUE cuz that's where I would pick you up before we drove down. Yeah. You're like, "Bye SIUE, <laughs> we're going down south." No shade to the Coopers or anything. No. <laughs> um so, growing up, were you always into football or did you like, was your family into it? Or is this something that you just started to enjoy with being a cheerleader for the school team?
1: Um, my family have always loved football. My dad watched football every Sunday. And then my uncles on my mom's side are huge Pack- Packers fans. <laughs> and because of my oh, grandpa. Oh. Yeah. So it's just kind of been instilled in that side of the family, football, football, football. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, I was super excited to cheer for football because I, the the excitement in high school, like our football team got pretty good at the end there. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much more exciting than soccer. (laughs) Although I love soccer. I played it. But um, yeah, I love cheering for football. So I just didn't want to not be able to do that.
0: Nice. And, um, there's like, I hear kind of often that dancers who perform in season with a high school team also do soccer because it's in different seasons. Like Mm -hmm. that soccer or track is like the one sport that females can do both when it comes to dance team. As long as, um, I know UDA's, um, competition or the big worlds or, um, the nationals, is what I meant to say the national competition is usually like right at the start of the new year so after you compete like usually that's done and most state competitions are either there too some go until April but um with that being said the one sport that you can do um what position did you play in soccer and do you think that that helped you as a dancer and if so why
1: um I played defense majority of the time I played a midfield a little bit um, but I think my coaches liked the fact that I <laughs> had really long legs because I would just stick my leg out and block the ball. <laughs> um, I would get made fun of a lot too, because I would do like develop haze, like way up above my head and catch the ball. And then I'd get a whistle blown. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that is so funny. And y'all like, in- Whatever. there's nobody by me. I'm just going to kick my leg and stop the ball and instead of running, like, I hate running, why would I do that? <laughs> I mean, and why would you use your head to stop the ball? I mean, yeah. the soccer
0: should rethink their rules, like, if you have that flexibility, why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to, like, give a little sidebar or side note for the listeners. In college, I choreographed a piece, uh, two pieces, actually, that NUMA featured in, and a good, like, five, six, seven, eight counts were just her developing that leg up and yeah. either holding a tilt or like holding a prop in her toes.
1: And she was like, yep. it for the gods, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fun. That was my favorite routine <laughs> ever. There. Which one? Our, um, diamonds. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was
0: was like, in all men, you did that too. But all men was a little, like, you know, moody. But Diamonds is a lot more (laughs) lighthearted. Yeah, it was super fun. I love that. Um, Okay. And so, speaking more on college. So, you knew that you wanted to have a program that you could not only dance on a team, but as well as dance in the program. Um, And our program was mainly modern based and of course we had the basics of like jazz and ballet um but heavy on concert contemporary dance had you studied that before coming to simo and if so what were some interesting surprises that you found within the program
1: yeah i'd say um at my studio jamel did a lot of contemporary lyrical pieces where I got to learn a little bit more of that kind of style. Um, the surprising part, we didn't do a ton of modern. We did a few pieces, but, um, it was kind of like shocking modern when I got to SEMO, cause I just really had never done anything like that. Not to say that it was bad. It was just very different. Um, uh, so it was hard for me to get used to. I was just very comfortable in the ballet classes. So you're moving and,
0: right being stand like stand it, or standing and strong and like big picture like movements and then you go to the floor and like
1: yeah. <laughs> roll around use your fingers
0: <laughs> all the fingers <laughs> Um, yeah, we were in choreography class together, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember walking to Memorial, which no longer exists, um, which is crazy. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's- as a, as a dance studio like uh, we were dancing in memorial on the campus and yeah. it changed like while we were there like we i think we only got one semester of being oh, yeah. in there but that was my first semester at SEMO, and i remember walking there with you like i have so many fond memories of that building just cuz you know your first impression is just so strong and it was with (laughs) Philip and Philip is like he's the first teacher that I've ever had that's like it's this and 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 and go and I'm like
1: what (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I never got a combo right I was like oh well I'm gonna wing it no one's looking at me (laughs) but also that's a lesson in
0: itself and I'm so thankful for that training because coming from dance team background like which is so like you know, strict, like, type A, like, this is what it is on this certain count, like, that uncomfortability really prepared me for a lot of situations, like, in auditions where you go, and like, that that choreographer does not give a rat's booty if you mm-hmm. get the combo right or not. They're like, I'm just here to teach the combo and move on. They're not a teacher, so I was right. thankful for that training early on. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, <laughs> good times. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, what would you say your favorite experience was within the theater dance that you did at SEMO? Like what was one of your uh, favorite memories, either from a rehearsal or a performance?
1: Um, I mean, to be honest is when I got casted in your pieces. Uh, I had to sh- dance with my best friend. What? And <laughs> hours and hours with your best friends. Like, you, yeah, <laughs> Kelly was in it. All of our best friends were all in one piece. True. We had to goof off, get stuff done, you know. <laughs>
0: have fun perfect I remember on like Friday night rehearsals I mean mind you we were in our early 20s so like we'd rehearse until like 7 30 8 30 p.m which like everyone was already out by then but we're like oh yeah right, we got our stuff done play. We right back to our house we'd get our burnettes <laughs>
1: yep.
0: and then like sometimes like there'd be Sunday morning rehearsals and we'd be oh. But we Those showed up, man.
1: Worse. <laughs> that on purpose. Because they knew what we were doing. That's the only time
0: we could book the space.
1: <laughs> I could never, ever do that nowadays. Like, oh, my God. We went out nowadays and tried to wake up at like 6 a.m.? No. no. No?
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this 30-year-old body. <laughs> yeah, You're not 30 yet. I know, months. thank you. I'm not trying to age myself. <laughs> but I really feel like You know, they do say once you're 30, you totally feel it. And, you know, whenever you're like right to hit the threshold, like I've been feeling that over the past like month, even in workouts, or even if I have two glasses of wine, I'm like, all right, this, this feels different.
1: God. (laughs) Yeah, I I can say I haven't been bouncing back as quickly, I would, I would say, I would agree. What do you mean by bouncing back? Uh, I think I'm pretty sure I tore, like, something in, like, my leg, like, my inner thigh muscle, and it's, like, every time I try and do the splits, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, But I'm not, I'm determined to never not be able to do the splits. Yeah. So, I do them, like, every day, and it's just killing me that I can't just do the split without having to stretch before because it hurts. Do you feel
0: the pain in your center split or your, um
1: yeah center and then my left leg so it's my left leg like right in there
0: and it's not the hamstring it's on like the inside yeah Damn. i was doing
1: those um so i was trying to work out build some muscle like and i did it for like two weeks with one of my friends <laughs> just like bodybuilding and she was telling me what to do and she's like oh i put more weight I was doing those abductors. I think it was the abductors when they come uh, in. Uh-huh. Maybe it's an adductor. I don't know. Yeah, I think I pulled it on that. So, oh, no. Yeah, fun.
0: I'm so sorry, but I'm happy to hear that you're doing your splits every day because I've also been working on strengthening. And remember how I told you when we were working out that like a certain position hurts my hips, and I was like, yeah. "Do you feel your hips in this?" And you're like, "No." Right. The more I've been strengthening, the less that I feel it there. So. Basically, long story short, I'm ready to do a piece whenever we're in our fifties. Yeah. So, keep doing those splits.
1: <laughs> <I'm, yeah. laughs>
0: no, for real, adult dance teams are a big thing now in studios, which I think is great. I do think there should be more representation and I you know, I judge a lot of different competitions, mainly it's all younger kids, but um in a lot of the um commercial stuff that we see on tv is younger unless it's dancing with the stars or there's ballroom like a less yeah. taxing style but i'm here for some older people hip-hop moves yeah not older people refined. <laughs>
1: yeah what's a basketball team that has like an older group um a pro team yeah who I want to say the Lakers, but I think that's wrong. No, it's like um, gold. Know about this Warriors, State Golden State Warriors, something. Hmm. Yeah, I think they have like a a team with like older women that come out and dance sometimes.
0: Oh, I need to do more research. I'm here for that. Um, okay. So now that we've talked a little bit more about your concert dance experience. And you were so kind to say that it was one of the best experiences with your best friend. Um <laughs> I feel like I was so type A then too. So I really appreciate you saying that. I remember like taking notes and I was just like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like I'm a UDA instructor and this is like campus. I do remember your notebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still keep a notebook and I'm still very detail oriented, but I do think moving to New York and just being like punched and, yeah. and you didn't expect really helped me be like, all right, girl, you can't control everything. Right. Um, so with that being said, um dance team now what was one of your favorite memories of being on the semo dance team
1: oh my gosh there's so many <laughs> uh i don't know i love football and basketball it was super exciting because we were on the floor like on the court with them mm-hmm. and like super close they'd literally run off the court into us which was fighting thrilling <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> no, like to I mean I don't want to be cliche and say it again but it was like so fun dancing with my friends you know like mm-hmm. we're doing exactly what we want to do like we love dance and then I look over and I'm like oh my god that's my best friend like how cool like you can't really say that for a lot of things like now we're all doing different stuff <laughs> You know, we're not working together anymore. So I don't know. I wasn't really a competition girl. So I can't say competing because that just wasn't fun for me. (laughs) I love game day. Hence why I kept cheering in the NFL. I didn't want to compete or do anything like that. So I don't know. Game day every day. Homecoming was the best because you'd go to tailgate, Mm -hmm. do your fun dancing. And it was super packed. Everyone had drinks and good smelling food and then we'd have a little break and we'd go get food from the fraternity party and then we'd come back and do the game. And then after that then there'd be more party. <laughs>
0: that's so funny I thought you said we would go get food from hamburger express like I just <gasps> imagine in between games for me and you like just me and you walking down the road in Cape Girardeau I don't know if that spot's still there but like we would like dance our hearts out be so healthy then get a freaking yep. shake and a hamburger that
1: was so good I don't know why so good <laughs> <laughs> Best burger and shake I've ever had <laughs> That's so
0: funny. I feel like it's so obviously Numa and I are best friends. And um, she said she's not a competition girl. And I very much like I was on dance team because I loved competition. I loved like, you know, working on a specific routine and like perfecting it and It's not that I didn't like sports, but I just remember being at football games, like daydreaming and thinking (laughs) of like, I don't know what I was studying or choreographing a routine in my head. Like for me, no shade to any of the football players. Um, To me, like those were like long days of doing sidelines. But um, so this is, I think, a good example of how differences can still align <laughs> like you can still like be best friends with someone who has um a different viewpoint or different preferences than you
1: <laughs> yeah I mean sometimes it was also fun to just you know like watch the game you know who was playing <laughs> the eye candy that would probably be
0: one of the most interesting things in football to me yeah. honestly I, like, I still can't tell you how one play works, and that's terrible. Oh, my gosh.
1: Like, I,
0: I would know how to say, like, first down, right? Second, yeah. the second down.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. And four, there's four downs? Uh-huh. How many downs can there be?
1: Four, and then you start over. Okay. okay.
0: See. Good well, job. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay. So, um... When we were on dance team, um, obviously a lot of it was geared towards school sports, but we would compete. Our team would do every other year. Um, What did you like about the competition season or is there a fond memory that you have from the rehearsals or practices, however we want to call it, um, or working with the choreographers? Um, Let's
1: see, a fond memory. I did enjoy, um, as much as it was sucked, <laughs> lack of a better word, um, running it over and over and over again and being completely exhausted and feeling like you cannot even do a leap, you know, parallel to the floor. Um, I enjoyed when our coaches made us perform for other people mm-hmm. because you kind of feel like you pull something out of yourself that you didn't know you had. And then it's like, oh my gosh these are the first people to have seen our routine and they think it's great. And, you know, it's like exciting. This is actually real. We're not performing just in front of a mirror. Um, So I think those were good moments for me, but, and also like, I think it was our senior year learning. Like I forget what trick it was because we weren't the team with the tricks, but (laughs) we had to learn what was it? What was it? Like someone was trying to do a headspring or something or a kip up or the worm? The worm. We oh, do a worm. That. Mm-hmm. that was hilarious cuz people were getting hurt left and right and like it was the worm. <laughs> like <laughs> And now people are doing like kip up, headspring, aerial, backflip, rubber bands. <laughs> yeah, everything. Like I can't do any of that.
0: No for sure. I do think it's great that, um, you know, we're advancing in dance team tricks and skills. And I obviously judge a lot of these competitions and I'm blown away by the talent that's there. Yeah, But um, I, I think about sometimes if programs should make either a B team, you know, cause like s- school spirit goes a long way and the sisterhood that you get or you, camaraderie I know a lot of teams are welcoming more than just females on now too which is great um the camaraderie that you get is like it gives you a sense of purpose like I feel like that helped keep me on track in college like when you're in your early 20s and you're still in your teens like oh my god you don't know what the heck you're doing and so it gave you a discipline it gave you like so much and so I think that I'd like to see more teams doing that, even if it's not competitive, but still having involvement within the community. Are you
1: for that or? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I uh, coached at Lindenwood for a little bit and they have like a million and one dance and cheer teams. <laughs> totally. So I was coaching the hockey cheerleaders nice. and I mean, they had to be just as involved in the community as, you know, the your team that was competing you know in UCA so I think it's great to get everybody involved and like keep doing it even though you know maybe you're not able to achieve all the tricks you can still be on a team and do what you enjoy totally and I'm glad you said that aside from coaching
0: Lindenwood you also coached at um in surprise uh, Ottawa
1: yes and uh, your dance team there you what I started the cheer and dance team there.
0: Yeah. So what were the challenges and rewards of being the first to lay the brickwork for a cheer and spirit team and dance team? Um, College
1: level. Yeah, the hardest, hardest thing was recruiting because I've never done that. Um, You know, all the teaching and coaching I had done was an established studio or, you know, a team that already had you know, kids on it, so I was literally walking into high schools, looking at their tier teams, talking to their coaches, talking to the kids, like, asking if they're interested, if they know what college they're going to, like, talking to them about tuition, which, you know, that was another thing to learn in itself, like, loans and all of that, there's so much that goes into it, you know, if you, if you live here, you just (laughs) discount, (laughs) it was just, it was just a lot to explain, especially to a high school kid. If you're trying to, if you like them a lot, you're like, Oh my gosh, I got to have that girl. You can't forget to say all the good things about it. And then I feel like I would tell them all the good things and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, they're so overwhelmed. So they don't even know what I said. Recruiting was the worst. And, but like, I loved coaching and I loved game day. Um, and then when it got to competition, you know, I just didn't enjoy it again. <laughs> it was just the stress. And like, it was hard too because I knew that there were kids on there that didn't like competition either. Uh-huh. But I had to I had to make it seem like it was fun. I mean, it is fun. Mm-hmm. But at the same t- token, we are a brand new school. So I feel like All the kids felt like they weren't ready or, you know, they were on a different level than college co-ed cheer, you know, college dance. So they were nervous to compete against really good teams. And I mean, to be honest, so was I. So it was just a hard hurdle to jump over. But it was it was for sure an experience. It was a good one, though. Yeah.
0: Did you pursue the competition yourself or were you feeling a little pressure from the inside of athletics that this was an important thing for a spirit team to do?
1: Um, It was definitely, definitely athletics wanted us to compete. Um, We were supposed to be, so we're going to, they're growing into an NAI school. um, But the first, first two years they were like, you can, you know, cheer, dance, compete wherever um, is closest. So we went to California and did the USA uh, Spirit competitions because they were only five hours from us. Um, But they are eventually like, you're going to be an NAIA team, which incorporates, you know, team leadership, grades, everything like that um, into the competition as well, which, you you know, USA isn't looking at grade point average and things like that. So... Mm -hmm. And now do you think that they wanted you to compete because in
0: NIA that's like, what is the norm or what, why do you think there was pressure
1: there to compete? Um, when I think back, I think when I first got the job, they're like, kids are going to come here when they know that you compete. <clears throat> so,
0: so interesting.
1: Yeah. I feel like
0: there's some schools that don't get the go or don't get the support to compete because of funding from um, athletics. So that's it's it's cool that they um, that they were in support of that, but also I feel like that maybe could have been a little bit more of a conversation with the person that's running.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that was just how it was going to be. They said, if you want this job, you're going to take these kids to competition. I'm like, okay. Wow. And did they pick the competition for you or were you able to pick it? Um, Well, they said find the closest one. So California, USA, that was it.
0: (laughs) And you wouldn't have wanted to take them further on your
1: own? Um, We would just have to raise more money. Uh Uh, They pretty much gave us a cap of money and then we had to raise the rest and USA was covered pretty much except a few things here and there. So that was like the best option for us.
0: Nice. Okay. So what advice would you give to first-time coaches either in the collegiate level or within high school, especially given certain circumstances?
1: Um advice i would give to a coach um constantly remind yourself that you're the boss what you say is what's going to happen um <clears throat> i found when i got to college i was like i'm not really that much older than them but i'm for sure much more wiser <laughs> i can tell already so i felt like there were just a lot of opinions being thrown at me and i was like no this is how we're doing it
0: mm-hmm.
1: like And it was kind of crazy because I felt like kind of the um, rule following, the respect, um, the dedication was way different than how we were in college. And so that was kind of like mind-blowing for me. Like, how come you're just not showing up on time and putting your, you know, best effort in, even if you don't want to be here, like, I always went to practice. I always worked hard. That's what I was just reminding myself. Like, how are these kids not, you know, this dedicated? Just kind of blew my mind. So going off on a tangent, (laughs) just remind yourself um, that you're in charge and it's not easy. Um, And always, and have the same response. If you have to talk to parents, which you should, should not have to talk to parents in college, But if you have to talk to parents in high school, you know, all the roles have to be the same for every single kid. So
0: that's a great standard to have. And I like what you said. It's one thing if there's a team member who shows up on time, who's always proactive and, you know, gives great energy and in rehearsals or in practices and then decides to speak up or maybe question something or want to get a little bit more information from you. But it's a whole different story whenever someone is always late or never follows rules. And then is like, well, Miss Melanie, um, (laughs) like where do you, where do you think that confidence comes from? Or why, why do you think, or what do you think is the solution to that? Like our reper, reper, what is it? What is Reprimand? Yeah. Or, do you think if you
1: reprimand them that this would? I tried. <laughs> How? I, it got to a point where, honestly, sitting out of games wasn't enough. I just didn't know, like, what to do. It just kind of blew my mind. Like, they acted like they didn't care. Uh-huh. Um, so we had a, we had a small team cheering at games for a lot, a long time. And that's just how it was. I mean, once they finally realized like, hey, I guess I don't want to just go to practice and work hard and then sit on the the bench the whole time and maybe I should act differently. Um, And our school was like, you know, way into good grades. And that was a big struggle for us too, is keeping grades up. So um, that was, I think, a problem for my kids is kind of trying to figure out how to navigate how to go to school on their own live on their own go to practice on their own um without mom and dad telling them when to wake up and do their homework right do you feel
0: like would they come to you with these questions like asking solutions for how to better navigate or balance the changes from moving out with mom and dad into being on their own? Do you think that you were kind of a support for them or did they keep that separate?
1: Um, they honestly kept it separate. I did have um, a couple GAs, graduate assistants, that we kind of set it up how, you know, I'm the boss then they felt kind of more comfortable talking to them. They were younger. um, They were in school. They're going to the same school as them. They were getting their master's degree. So they didn't really come to us a ton um, about things like that. But when they did, um, they kind of entrusted them with that aspect of it. And I was more of the, the rules, you know, being on time, what's next in your cheer and dance routine. Like, you know, your appearances, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. It's such like a fine balancing act to maintain the dynamic, the dynamics. It's like a big thing of relationships as well as the staticness or static, I guess, of Mm -hmm. the rules and you know, as a and I know you're from the Midwest and I know you, like, obviously we're super close. So not only on a professional level, mm-hmm. like I know your heart is just so kind and good. Um, so I'm sure that you had a lot of hard times where like, you'd come home from practice being like hard on yourself. Like, did I, like, was I doing the right thing by being that bad cop? Yeah. Or how
1: well, Yeah. Was- now, now that I think about it too, I feel like I've had both like, you know, cold coaches, Mm -hmm. you know, who just came in and and taught you the routine and you left. And I've also had the coaches who are like your friend. Um, And I guess I was trying to bring both of those in and it's it's really hard to find the balance because you don't want to you don't want to cross a line and be in trouble that way you don't want to be too mean and then oh miss melanie's too mean i don't like her team so it's just so hard to figure out the middle of all of that totally and
0: people pleasing is never like an easy thing to do people will always have something to complain about and i think when you're empathetic like Making sure everyone is having an enjoyable experience is on the forefront, especially when you're a leader. But also, you just can't like you're not in control of everyone's emotions or actions, right. and sometimes you get a sweat roll right off. <laughs> yeah. um, so, if you were a coach right now for a professional team what stance do you think you'd take? Do you think you'd be a little bit more tough or do you think that you'd be the more approachable coach?
1: Um, well, when it comes to professionally, like, you know, those kids are, well, women and men are, you know, 18 and up. So <clears throat> by that time, and if they make the team, you would expect for them to be professionally put together, you know, know how to, how to act in certain scenarios. Um I think I would take the tough approach when you're, you know, working on being on time and doing your best, being your best, looking your best, acting your best. But then when it comes to, okay, we got our stuff done, like let's, you know, take a step back, relax. Like we can talk as friends. You can come to me and tell me what's going on. So, and I think I've learned that from my coaches professionally as well, how to handle those scenarios.
0: Totally. That's great. Um. Hmm. Yeah, that's a lot to chew on. Um Okay, so speaking of the professional realm, yes. what advice would you give to any people auditioning for professional cheerleading slash dance teams?
1: Um, very first thing is to stalk that team's Instagram and their <laughs> website. <laughs> I'll be <being> honest. Search. <laughs> um, yeah. Do your research. What are they wearing? What does their hair look like? What kind of makeup do they wear? Even down to what kind of tights they're wearing. Um, you know, what, what is all involved? Like what kind of time is it going to take for you to be on this team? Or, you know, what kind of girls are on the team? What are their careers outside of it and then kind of set yourself up like okay like if I'm gonna do this I have a lot to you know be you know have a lot to uh what's the good word get ready for I don't know be prepared for but um after you do your research I mean and you you know you you feel your best you look your best you're ready to perform there's really nothing you can do if they say no like they sometimes they're just looking for a look and it's not you at all like you did your best if there was if there was one less blonde they probably would have taken you you know it's like you can't be hard on yourself if you know that you did your best because it's just literally the year of the group that showed up for tryouts that year most times
0: would you say there's someone who's auditioned for three years in a row now, and they haven't made it, but they've made it maybe past the first round of cuts, would you think it's appropriate for them to go up to the coach or, like, ask for some sort of feedback at this point? Because most times, you know, it's really rare, unless you're auditioning for raquettes or, you know, these big standard shows, like, that people come back year after year after year and still try, like... Do you, And I know a lot of auditions I've done in New York, it's not kosher to go up to the panel and be like, hey, can you give me individual feedback whenever there are 400 people here as to why you
1: didn't, you know? Yeah. Um, I would say definitely if you're making it to, you know, the finals and you're getting cut. Um, that way there's less girls. You've most likely gotten an email from the head coach by that time. And so you have her email. I would not go up to her, after at the tryouts I would wait you know you go home wait like a day or two and email her and ask for feedback that's totally acceptable you know coming from me and what I think but um hopefully they have some good feedback and like I said when I tried out the first time for Rams and made it to finals I thought I literally did everything I could and I had the best audition like I was I felt super in shape I felt great And I didn't make it and I went home and I, uh, let's see. My mom and I ordered a pizza, (laughs) went home and my dad had wine ready. Oh, the best. (laughs) And then my best friend showed up with chips and salsa and Big Macs. (laughs) Well deserved. Right. Um, but I think like the next, I took it in, you know, a couple of days and I emailed her for feedback and, you know, her response was just to keep coming back. They just like to see the same faces and know that you're dedicated and you want to be there.
0: Well, that's so nice. Like that you took the bravery within your first year auditioning that you're like, okay, let me, let me ask for this. Like, I think a lot of people would be a little bit intimidated to do that, you know? I mean, even though you did make it to finals, I think that's super commendable. So good for you. And I bet that gave you an advantage in the next year around being like, no, this girl really wants it. Like, not only did she like stick around till the finals, but she emailed and now she's showing up again.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I was just really devastated. Um, And I was like, what do I have to lose? Like, if I send her an email and she doesn't respond, well, I, at least I asked, you know. Right. But, yeah. So, I'm glad so,
0: I did it. Yeah. No. Of course. I'm glad you did it too. Um, so, as you were not to bring you back to a dark place, but as you were devastated, what do you remember anything from that lat from that year in between not making it to making it? Like, were you still on the track of like I'm still going to train? Like, this is my goal. This is what I'm doing. Or did you like put your energy elsewhere? to try to fill your dance void?
1: um, I actually took two years off. I uh, was mad. To be honest, I was really upset. Um, so I didn't try out the next year, but I ended up working for the street team <laughs> for the Rams. So it was a part-time job, kind of doing all their promotional events. Um, <clears throat> and I met some great friends on that. Some that I still talk to this day. Um, It was just a fun side job, you know, going to the football games. I would sneak out and like go into the field and like watch the cheerleaders sometimes. Uh, But it was like one of my most fun part-time jobs. And then, you know, just being around that environment for a year, I was like, okay, I really want to go back and try it out again. Uh, And at that time, I knew a couple girls I knew one who was on the team, um, and a couple of the street team girls were going to try out as well. So I kind of felt like I had, you know, a couple friends with me mm-hmm. that would help me feel a little bit better. So
0: you have a support system in yeah. a horrible situation. That's great. Now, so you, you know, you gave yourself time to heal. You re audition. You finally make the team. Then the team gets freaking
1: sold to California. Like, what were your thoughts? Um. Yeah. We. I remember it. Me and my roommate were watching the news. That's how <laughs> we found out that they were going to LA. Uh huh. Wow. Um, we were, you were in season or out of season. Um. So this was probably like February time. So probably right after Super Bowl. <laughs> um. It was on the news. The Rams are moving to LA and my roommate at the time who was also a Rams cheerleader. We were just like in her room crying. It like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? Like just so upset. And like, <clears throat> like this is our dream. We love St. Louis. We love the Rams. Like, ugh. it was, it was devastating for sure. Um, And after that, I think like a couple days went by and both of us were like, we're going to keep cheering. So we started looking up and researching different other, other professional teams. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I ended up in Arizona.
0: What about Arizona appealed to you to dance?
1: Um, the first thing was that I knew people here. Um, my aunts and my grandma live in Tucson. So they're two hours from here um, here is Phoenix. And so I was like, okay, well i I have some family there that I can fall back on if the worst thing happens, you know? Um, and I flew out for a prep class and it was just, it was pretty similar to Rams and it seemed like, you know, <clears throat> the goals and the rules and everything seemed pretty similar. And I felt, I felt good. I felt like, like this could actually work, so I just kind of stuck with my gut and didn't look back. Nice.
0: Um, if it weren't Arizona Cardinals, what would be your
1: next choice? Um. And why? I'd probably. Ooh. Well, if I'm if I'm thinking like being realistic and where I want to be I would try and pick a team that's close to home Mm -hmm. um so probably the Colts um or the Chiefs um just so that I'm close because it's hard you know being far away from home but I don't know I mean as far as like a dream team I think I think I hit the jackpot already like The Rams have the best uniforms and I love the Cardinals. So (laughs) I don't need to go anywhere else. I love that. And
0: the Cardinals was like the perfect pathway for you because this is where you got reunited with your um, college buddy turned (laughs) (laughs) fiancé. Miracles happen, you know.
1: Uh, Miracle. It was a miracle.
0: (laughs) Um, what would you say is the most challenging part about being on a pro team? I know there's a lot of flack that especially shows up on the news and the media about professional cheerleaders only being paid like $15, 19 per hour on rehearsals and like small stipends on game days whenever like the NFL is one of the, you know, leading Um, sports money makers in America. What do you have to say about all that?
1: Um, Yeah, I think the hardest part is kind of like breaking the stigma. Everyone thinks we're just, you know, dumb cheerleaders, honestly, when we're all working full-time jobs or going to school full-time. So that being said, it's a lot of time. We say it's a part-time, full-time job because even if you're working another job you're thinking about what you have to do for cardinals like i go to work and i would have to curl my hair at five in the morning because i have an appearance right after work that i have to jet off to um you have to bring all your stuff with you your makeup make sure everything's good to go you have your palms all that kind of things um and then you have to be prepared at the appearance to make sure you know what you're doing how are you going to speak, present yourself, things like that. Um, It's just very, very time consuming, but, you know, it's what we love and you're representing an amazing organization. So it's kind of like when everyone brings up the money part of it, it's kind of like we're living our dreams. So I'm, I'm going to do this even if I don't get paid and that's what people don't understand.
0: Nice. And, um, why do you think there's that stigma of, or like a stereotype of dumb cheerleaders? Like that was one of the first things that you said.
1: Yeah. Um, probably because, I mean, it's in the movies. First of all, all the, all the cheer movies are all not, not the smartest cheerleaders. (laughs) Um, but then also I think, you know, weirdly, our society looks at, I mean, pretty people as not being, you know, knowledgeable. So they're expecting us when we open our mouths to be like, hey, are you enjoying your time? Like and saying something, you know, irrelevant or just basic. But we're, we're saying, you know, um, are you going to be, you know, at the next game when the, the Chargers come to the stadium and, you know what about that play and like we know football and we know our players and we know what's going on in the news and in the community and we're incorporating that in our conversation and it like puts people back and they realize oh wow okay this is not it's not who I expected was going to be talking to me so that's kind of fun to do that sometimes (laughs) (laughs) not only is it entertaining
0: um but also, like, you're, so you're knowledgeable. Don't you think it would be so nice to be compensated – I know you said, like, you love it. You do it for free. And I said the same thing when I first started working for UDA. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I get this opportunity to travel the country. And I get to teach. And I get to meet people who love dance as much as I do. And I get to practice being a leader. Like, of course, I do this for free. But at a certain point, like, this is something that you've been training for and working so hard for. And that, you know, you like, you know the place. You know the players. You know the stadium. You know, like, how to represent a brand don't you think like, like for future generation of cheerleaders, are you okay with the pay still being the same
1: or do you hope that it'll increase? Um, I I hope it increases, but it's been increasing since cheerleading started Um, when they when the Cardinals started in 1990 when I was born, which seems a little bit like perfect, right? Um, (laughs) They weren't getting paid at all. And that was true for, you know, every other cheer team. So it's definitely getting better, and I hope it still keeps getting better. Um, I think it – I don't know. NFL cheerleading just has a lot of growing to do. There's not, like – unfortunately, right now, it's not something that can be full-time. So I think they kind of look at it like that as well. Like, we can't really make you a full-time cheerleader. Like, what are we going to have you do from 8 to 5? There's not, you know – there's only a few appearances here and there, and then you practice. So, <clears throat> I think that's one aspect. Um, and then, I mean, this has been said to us too. Like, the NFL is about football. You can still have a football without cheerleaders, which I mean is true. But it, it's sucky. I but mean, like, you can also have a party without vodka.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: I'm just trying to come up with like the reasons that I've heard. And like, I don't know. I mean, if you ask any girl on that team, they would still do it. If we were getting $0 for every minute we put into it. So I don't know. It's just kind of hard to.
0: Yeah, totally. I feel like there's like, there's dancers who get flack within the commercial industry too. Um, that I follow a lot, like, you know, there's all these dancers, union and dancers, alliance, basically promoting, like, or advocating is a better word for don't take this gig. Like if you take this gig at minimum level, then like it sets the standard and people will keep booking and paying at that level. Like it's not until we push back that then this level will be accepted. But also the pushback from that is like, I mean, the, When you're first breaking into the industry, and even if it's only $50, like you're still getting a cut of the reel, you're still working and like networking with people. And, you know, so I can understand both sides of the argument. And it seems like there's a similar argument happening within um professional sports you know I've seen certain documentaries of past professional cheerleaders just like bashing it like this is terrible the standards like I couldn't be a human and I wasn't paid enough to like hold these standards but also like no one made you do it um and um exactly (laughs) but um I do think it it's good to you know to question and keep renovating (laughs) to work towards progress and some of the standards that we do have. Um, Yeah, for sure. Would you say, like, I know you said on Cardinals, if you asked any of the girls, they'd more likely do it, like, no matter what. Do you think you'd say the same about the other professional team you've been on Rams, like, at the time? Do you think? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think, like, just because I know them, too, but also, like, the Midwest mentality for sure. Um, you know, you're dreaming of being in the NFL cheery and that's your team. I think in LA it's a little bit different because everyone's working hard to make money doing their profession. So not making money for dance on the LA Rams, you know, they're probably, I would say they might be one of the ones who are going to push harder Next, to try and get money just because they're in that LA environment, you know,
0: yeah, that's an interesting take, too. Because I mean, obviously, as a professional cheerleader, you need to have your either full time gig as your income or multiple side gigs. And as a, a professional dancer, like most times, you're used to juggling a variety of contracts, like, you're lucky if you do sign something that lasts a year or. You know, more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you envision your future in
1: dance? Um, I go back and forth. I think I want to keep teaching until I can't anymore. Um, some some days I want to uh, run my own studio. But then I think about when am I going to see my husband and my kids? (laughs) Because that's all evenings and weekends. Um, And then some days I'm like, well, now that Cardinals is over, what am I going to do for myself? Um, So, you know, once we're able to, I want to get back into going to classes at least once a month, you know, taking classes around the Valley but uh, yeah, I don't know. I probably just keep teach dance forever, you know. Yeah, for sure.
0: Do you think that you'd still perform now that you're done with Cardinals?
1: Um, I just don't know where I'd be performing. Because be I don't do it though. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, if there was something like, like my studio had in St. Louis, uh, Arrive Dance Company, I would totally do it. Um, but there's just nothing out here that I found that's that it, it was, it was like, so relaxed that it wasn't like super serious. Like we have to be here like three times a week and it's going to take this long. Cause like there were moms doing it. Like there are my girls, my age that were moms at that point And they were like, it's impossible. Like I can't come to all these rehearsals and do all this cause I have kids. So there's nothing out here like that, that I would, that I have found that's been that relaxed, um, because we performed at like 4th of July things, um, weddings, we performed at like, uh, little shows here and there in St. Louis. So that, that was really cool. I'd love to do that here.
0: Nice. Yeah. You shouldn't start your own team and just do the parades, like little sidelines stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um okay and so with that uh one more question about professional cheerleading that just reminded me. So the season is starting in September for the NFL now, which you know it's like during COVID, how do you think that's going to look? Have you talked to any of your girlfriends who are still on the team like oh, will they be performing virtually or are they performing at all? I know that they've been practicing virtually, but how are they adapting?
1: Yeah, so I've chatted with a few of them. Um, it's definitely going to be different. It's def- definitely going to be hard. Um, what I've heard so far is that there's not really going to be any fans or not very many in the stadium, um, and then no one is allowed on the field, So, besides the players and the coaches, um, so even like media and everything, nobody's on the field. So the last thing I heard was they were going to be up in like this up in the stands where there's this big stage in the end zone and they're going to be up there dancing the whole time. Oh, wow. So it'll be cool because they'll probably get a lot of TV time. <laughs> <laughs> for the but, first time right. forever. <laughs> yeah. They'll be filming the uh, players and then they won't have anywhere else to go, but the cheerleaders. So that'll be cool for them.
0: Okay. Um, and now, do you know, are the teams traveling or are they doing the little bubble like the baseball is the baseball?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I think they're traveling. I mean, if they're going to plan on having the cheerleaders at the stadium, they can't be, like, all going to State Farm Stadium
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> in Arizona to be yeah. playing their games. So I'm not sure. I really have no idea.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And if you won $1 million today, what would you do with it?
1: Mm. Well, I'd probably get my parents a really nice house and get them out <laughs> of that one and put them wherever they want to be. That is so Because they always talk about wanting to... Live closer to my brother and I. My brother lives in Colorado, so I don't know where they'd live because my mom hates the heat, but she loves how pretty it is here. Yeah. And then I don't know, I don't know where they'd go, but I'd put them wherever they want. <laughs> and then, oh, you know, i probably start a freaking dance studio, honestly. Because that's hard to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And so. would you start it
0: in surprise, or where would you do it at?
1: No, I would. There's there's one studio right over here by our house. Um, so I probably bring it over here more on the west side. Get some more more dance and skills out here for kids.
0: Yeah. Who would you say is one of your biggest influencers or one of your favorite mentors, teachers, and why?
1: Um, Dance-related? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Probably Jamel Jacobs, um, the owner of Dance Plus in Florissant. She took over when I was in high school. Um, she is just really good. So she danced. First of all, she's really good. She danced when I was super little. So she was, um, when I was like four years old, she was in the production, on the production team, like the oldest group. Um, so it's kind of crazy that I kind of danced with her. Um, but she just came in like super fresh, super new, like had all this awesome choreo. Um, and she was just very personable. She always had her family around the studio. It just felt like a family um I still, I I text her to this day. Her daughter's going to be dancing down the aisle at my wedding. Um, Her daughter's amazing too, so I'm super excited for that. Um, But yeah, she's just super inspirational. She um, was going to school when she opened the studio and she's just very intelligent and kind, so she's helped me a lot.
0: Yay! Kudos to Janelle. Um... (laughs) And you said Jamel? Yeah. Jamel. Kudos to Jamel. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: And, okay, so you were going to say, if I didn't say dance related, who would you say one of your biggest influencers is and why?
1: My mom. Aw, Diane. My best friend. I love your mom too. Just the sweetest. Hi. <laughs> we've been we've been Facebook friends for seven years today. <laughs> <laughs> Happy anniversary! Yeah, I posted it and tagged her on it, and then like an hour later, she posted it. Oh my gosh, no,
0: Look, I'm like, okay. <laughs> she's still learning how to use. Camera. I know. I'm... Give her, give her a chance. <laughs> oh, she's funny. <laughs> okay. And so I think I've started this tradition. I did it with chance. And we'll just keep it going until maybe I get hashtag canceled or flack from it. But um what would you say within one sentence or word
1: to your haters? What? Oh man. <laughs> Oh, I got to think about this one because I want it to be really good. Do you? Yeah. You got that many haters, Numa? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have haters. Okay. Uh, if they you do had. hate me, don't be jealous because you ain't me. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Thanks for
0: listening today and tune in tomorrow for more short and sweet tips. Happy dancing.